We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. And welcome back to another episode of, of Bangarangs and Daggers. As always, I am your semi-quarantined host out here on the East Coast in Washington, D.C., Kevin Knight. And with me tonight is co-host Patrick. How are you doing, Patrick? Kevin, I am doing great. It is a beautiful, slightly surprisingly cool summer evening in middle of July in Nebraska. So, yeah, no, doing well. All right, I hate you. It's basically in the heat index is just about in the hundreds all week out here. So uh, <laughs> that was us last just, week. <laughs> yeah, just just oh that that was us the end of the week too. We uh, uh <laughs> we had a nasty week going into an even nastier weekend in this week. So yeah, yeah. Just rub that in. Rub that in, why don't you? But uh hey, you know, uh whatever, life goes on. Um but ticket sales for Nebraska ball do not, do they? No. They do not. You're correct. They are. They are not happening yet. Yep. Uh, out of word out of Lincoln today was uh, from the Nebraska Athletic Office that they are pausing uh, ticket sales for um, season tickets in PBA as a result of COVID nineteen. Um, did you happen to see any details on the press release by chance? Did they mention that they've how many they've sold yet or anything or? Just no, they, they haven't. It's just they're, they're just being. I mean, it's my my understanding. It was basically just like the billings and stuff like that, wasn't that it? In terms, because they they've already did their selling. I thought earlier this year. I'm gonna admit, I did it? my I, I did my research on all the other stuff for this episode. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically, I mean, it's just like the billings and stuff like that. If I remember right, I'll have to double check here in a little bit. But I mean, it's a smart move on their part because you know if we've learned over the past week and that it, it, the one thing we have. If there's one thing we learned over the past week is that there is starting to be a lot of question over whether there's going to be a football season, volleyball season, fall sports season, which, let's be honest, directly affects whether there's going to be a winter sports season. So over the next two, three weeks, we're going to be sitting here wondering whether we're going to have football. That's going to kind of determine whether we're going to have basketball. Um, it not only... Football not only drives, you know, the conference realignment, but it also drives everything else in college sports. So I, I think basketball, I know Nebraska and most schools put out their uh, pre uh, their non-conference schedules about, what was it, a month, month and a half ago? So they're ready to go, but it's, it's more right now, should they go? You know, I mean, like, w w I, I think this is probably a smart move on the athletic department's part. What do you think? Uh, I mean, and any less uh, paper trail that you have to have in terms of figuring out how to do refunds on everybody and all the processing fees that I'm sure that they have to eat on credit cards for that. You know what? More power to them on pausing it and not uh, trying to deal with that headache later on down the road for everybody and including uh to get purchasers. So in, in that regards, that's definitely the smart move. And please, for the love of God, just give us basketball, even if it starts in January. <laughs> but I, I will circle back for one second, though. You mean to tell me we added Maryland for football, not basketball? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I get no, the TV. <laughs> I, I get the TV market for for New York and kind of the TV market for Maryland. But like, don't we at least pretend we added them for basketball instead of the TV market? Or well, rather, in addition like, to? Rutgers yeah, is probably just TV. they have not lived up to their deal. Oh, yeah, Rutgers is 100% TV. Yeah. Uh, you know, <clears throat> side note, I'm actually starting to feel bad for Rutgers. Like, they get crapped on so much by the Big Ten and everybody for being in the Big Ten. Like, I'm starting to feel bad. And I know that's bad, because I shouldn't. But, I mean... Poor Rutgers. You just and look, you and, wouldn't and understand. It's, like it's, it's a Jersey thing. Oh, I, I no, I no, I don't understand. I don't get the Jersey <laughs> thing. Um, I, I just uh, pork rolls, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Them last year, basketball seasons they've had in 
God, ever? I don't know. And their, you know, their postseason plans, which would have been pretty good considering how good of a team they were had, got cut off due to, due to COVID. You know, I mean, those those folks, you know, the the, the Scarlet Knights, Queens College cannot catch a break. Yeah, I mean that that was really crappy for them that they were finally going to snap their NCAA tournament drought, which was longer than. Uh, what Tim Miles had in 2014 for that matter. <laughs> Although also Illinois was going to, and I think, I forget if it was just those two or if there's one other school that was uh, looking to snap their tournaments, um, miss out on its streak, which would have made Nebraska the one with the longest active streak. But Illinois and Rutgers, uh, I remember for sure. I think Illinois was 2011 maybe. And uh, Rutgers was all the way back in the early 90s, like 91, 92, maybe. So, and that was a decent yeah. team, if I remember right. Um, yeah, I, th- I, I think they made the second weekend, maybe. I'm, That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, I, I fully admit I don't really have their history memorized, other than um, once upon a time they made at least the final four, I think when that didn't involve winning only one game. <laughs> I think it was after that period. So that because right. when, it, when it first started, there were only eight teams. So sometimes when schools list, well, we made the Elite Eight in this year, it's like, oh, great. That means you made the tournament. <laughs> That's what that means. So congrats on that. But uh, That's enough for yeah. talk. <laughs> yep. Oh, definitely. That, that was probably more than they deserve. My um, fault. No, 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 no problem. Uh, as, as you know, I, I like to highlight other news in the Big Ten, too, uh, which brings me to our next topic for this, which is, would you believe me if I say that the Nebraska ball roster is more settled right now going into the potential 2020-2021 season than 10 of the other Big Ten teams? Ooh, really? Yep, including the uh, specifically the 10 teams that likely would have been in the NCAA tournament. Um, the reason being that with Kobe King's departure and then his prompt replacement with uh, uh, Frodo, um, Frodo, we have... <laughs> that's going to be our nickname for him, right? Frodo? Why not? Who's going to be a Samwise? Uh, I, I don't know. We'll have to look at who the shortest guy on the team is, I think. Probably pick him. Um, but yeah, so, uh, and every time he has the basketball, we're going to have to refer to it as his precious, right? (laughs) Until it gets really (laughs) annoying, (laughs) which it will. (laughs) But, uh, Fran McCaffrey is going to be Gollum, right? Um, who's okay. Uh, okay. It's been forever since I've read the books and it's been not, it's been a while since I've seen the movies, which King gets corrupted. Um, um, like, like Sauron lives in his mind or whatever. Uh, so have... it's um, it's a you know steward. What I'm talking about, yeah, yeah. Uh, the steward of Gondor. Um, Something like that. Yeah, that's that's name? Fran. Yeah. Well, let, let's call that mm-hmm. guy Fran. He gets possessed. Okay, yeah, steward instead of king. Uh, yeah, I, I can go with that. I can go with that. That works. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So speaking of uh, Iowa, though, um, we'll start with them. So Luke Garza is uh, pretty much the make-or-break linchpin for them of whether or not they are a conference title contender or a probably, once again, middle-of-the-pack finish. Um, If Garza stays in, then in the NBA draft, then he will uh, basically put a giant dent in their hopes. If he comes back, then uh, fear them by all means, unfortunately. He is easily going to be one of the best players coming into the league or uh, coming into the conference play this next year. If he stays, he's he gave so many teams so many problems and he's such a fluid player. Good shooter. He I got lucky when they got him. Most definitely. Although there was one big man who completely shut him down for an entire half. But oh, we'll tell, come to that. Oh, no, no, we'll, we'll come to him later. So, uh, Wisconsin lost Kobe King. Um, but essentially, beyond that, just about everybody's back. They're actually roughly as settled as the Huskers. Uh, Rutgers didn't have anybody leave, so they're in good shape, actually. So, maybe mm-hmm. they can 
keep their momentum going. And uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, Maryland lost Jalen Smith and Anthony Cowan. Uh, Smith is leaving early. So and is for sure leaving early. So they are uh, definitely not a return title contender this upcoming season. Um, Penn State has lost quite a bit. Lamar Stevens um, and also Mike Watkins are both gone. Uh, they're probably uh, talk about a coach that lost his best chance. Well, possibly and he's here for the NCAA. Also, he's kind of yes, in the hot seat too true. for some of his comments. Uh, yeah, Penn Penn State basketball might be in for some pain for the foreseeable future. Yeah, uh, we may be saying bye bye to Pat Chambers in the mm. next couple seasons. When you combine that with the fact that he likely doesn't have a roster that will see the NCAA tournament again, like he would have this season, so you want to feel bad for him. But he's one of the people who I'm not particularly fond of um, as an he, opponent. He's not. He he's not. He's not a nice guy. Yeah, I, I did not like him long before that news came out a few weeks ago. Uh, for Michigan, <laughs> sorry, I had to do that. Uh, Xavier Simpson is gone, and it's questionable on whether Isaiah Livers comes back or stays in the draft. Um, beyond that, they lost some of their key uh, recruits that they wanted for this um, going into this season to – Mostly Ohio State, I believe, interestingly, and had to settle for lesser guys. Um, Illinois has Oyu Desamnu and Kofi Cockburn, uh, both in the drafts, both probably unlikely to come back. Um, Very, very slim to none chance. Uh, Definitely no surprise with uh, Kofi Cockburn, who was absolutely outstanding. Probably one of the best freshman centers in a decade, maybe. I'd Maybe I over-exaggerate and uh, misremember his numbers, but I mean he was pretty stellar at the beginning of the season, at least. Um, Ohio State has lost Caleb Wesson, um, but they did pick up would-be uh, Michigan recruit Harvard transfer Seth Towns. Um, and Indiana has lost uh, Trace Jackson. No, I'm sorry. He is returning. Um, and so that should help Indiana a little bit. But finally, Michigan State loses one of the all-time best point guards in the Big Ten, Cassius Winston, and is currently waiting on Xavier Tillman and Henry on whether or not they will stay in the draft or not. And Tillman is the person, obviously, who I was referring to that completely shut down Luca Garza in the second half uh, in East Lansing. He got in. He picked up two uh, probably fair fouls, but I mean a little whistle happy at the early. Uh, started the game and sat the bench most of the first half. Um, but then when he came in in the second and played heavily against Garza pretty much the whole half, Garza's numbers were not even pedestrian. They were basically crap. So um, that would be a huge get if he could come back. But replacing Winston will be a big question mark on whether or not the Spartans can four-peat for a fourth straight conference title for only the second time in Tom Izzo's career. Regular season title, right? Yeah, regular season title. Obviously, nobody won the uh, conference tournament title. So, Although, uh, I will highlight um, an interesting stat about Michigan State. Since 2008, there has not been more than a one-year gap. And bear in mind, that doesn't mean that there has been uh, always a one-year gap in between any of these things either. But since 2008, Michigan State has either won a Big Ten tournament title or a Big Ten regular season conference title every year or not more than one year apart. Yay. So either they won both or they won one or the other any given year, um, at least, with, with only a one-year gap in between winning either of those. I'm probably explaining that wrong, but you know what? Let's just move on. Whatever. No, nobody cares besides me. So, uh, but yeah, so uh, Nebraska, obviously, even with all the rust roster changes, at least has a better feel than most of the big 10 uh, NCAA tournament teams on who they'll have on the team. Um, so they got that going for them. Yeah. It helps to have guys who didn't, um, who had to sit out a year. 
<laughs> yeah. Exactly. And uh, it helps to have guys that um, aren't currently pending in the NBA draft still, since that got pushed back to August now, or the withdrawal deadline is August, I guess. But um, speaking of uh, roster additions, though, um, there was an interesting offer made in recent weeks, and that is to... I'm probably going to mispronounce his name. So in the off chance, anybody who knows him or he himself listens to this podcast, well, we're really getting some great reach, aren't we? Uh, Adama Ball um, out of uh, France, actually. He happens to know Ivan Udraago um, and currently has a growing list of offers with an increasingly um, enticing list of schools, in fact. Uh, so far, he has offers from St. Mary's, University of San Francisco, Marquette, Georgia, Colorado, Cincinnati, and now Nebraska. So uh, in, particular, yeah, in, in particular there, uh, Marquette, obviously a good Big East school, and Georgia, a, uh, yeah, I'm not sure you'd necessarily call them up-and-coming uh, SEC school under Tom Crean, but I mean, certainly a, a, a top They're out. an up-and-coming They're an up-and-coming uh, basketball uh, <clears throat> school in a conference that's kind of becoming an up-and-coming basketball conference, I would say. That's fair. Which, which is a conversation for a different podcast, but uh, you got it. SEC isn't just Kentucky anymore, so. That's true. They're not quite uh, Big Ten 2019-2020 depth by any means, but, you know, very few conferences are that kind of depth. Including no, the big no. event any given year. So, oh, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, that, it, 2019 was a stellar, but it's, uh, no, SEC's, SEC's turned into quite a good little ba- uh, basketball conference. It's like yeah. they've got enough football money that they're like, yeah, let's, let's, let's see what we can do in basketball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unlike the Big Ten, we don't field very big rosters for anything else. So let's take a little bit of our football money and throw it into uh, the other major men's sport. Um, although baseball down there does uh, kind of reign supreme as well, but uh, um, but that's it's different. That's just different. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Uh, but yeah, so the uh, the six foot six combo guard weighs in at one eighty, and uh, as we said, has a growing uh, list of suitors, so to speak. Um, Get so him to Nebraska. Will... Throw some runs in him. Yep, uh, exactly. So hopefully he uh, decides to come home. But get him um, up to two ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. At a combo guard, maybe it's a, yeah, I guess six six one eighty. Yeah, pushing two hundred. Like yeah, I mean it's yeah two two ten. I think he'd be good in the big. He, once Big Ten play started, junior senior year, he was up to two two oh five two ten. He'd be he'd be good. Yeah, definitely get get some good muscle on there. Uh, maybe play the three once in a while. Who knows? Yeah, he'd be versatile. Uh, so yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see. So we've got uh, all of that covered. So now let's get into our uh, our listicle, uh, so to speak. Um, our, our common theme for the, the offseason, I suppose, right? Yeah. Yep. But first, we're going to do so by recapping the BTN All-Decade team for basketball. Uh, briefly, even though there are no Cornhuskers, we're going to flatter myself, who has the <laughs> microphone, uh, by highlighting all of this. So, um, as I'm sure everyone listening for the is, next twenty for the next twenty minutes, this will be the only colors uh, basketball podcast. Not not at all true. This is <laughs> this is the uh, BT Powerhouse podcast. There we go. There you go. Uh, don't 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 invoke trademark. But you know what? Uh, let let's take a, a quick break, and then when we come back, <laughs> the guy we'll who runs the... the guy who runs it is a lawyer. You know he is. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so um, on that note, we'll take a uh, brief pause for a moment to double-check all legal ramifications, and we'll be back with the All-Decade team in a moment. And we're back with the BTN All-Decade team, so uh, this is uh, my fun moment to to veg out on here. Uh, For the third team, uh, we happen to have a lineup of... eh, pretty good players it'd be nice if you know nebraska had had any of them i i admit that but uh certainly nobody who uh you know probably deserved to be higher than 13 okay i'm being harsh i know uh ohio state's aaron Kraft, purdue's caleb swanigan 
Ohio State's D'Angelo Russell, Purdue's Jawan Johnson. I don't know why I just struggled with that so much. Uh, Minnesota's Jordan Murphy and Indiana's Yogi Ferrell. So that is the third team. The second team is, uh, of all people, Michigan State's Cassius Winston, which is a little ridiculous. Uh, Indiana's Victor Aladapo. Purdue's Carson Edwards. Wisconsin's Ethan Happ. And Ohio mm. State's Jared Sollinger. Uh, finally, on the first team, we have, no surprise, uh, pretty much any of the selections really, in a, in a sense. Uh, we have Wisconsin's Frank Kaminsky. Michigan's Trey Burke, uh, Michigan State's Draymond Green, Michigan State's Denzel Valentine, and Ohio State's Evan Turner. Uh, the criticism that I have of this, that I'm sure you can guess what it is, Patrick, is the fact that Winston is on the second team and not on the first team. And while Trey Burke did end up in a national championship uh, game as the runner-up and was a consensus national player of the year, I mean, come on, Winston, two-time Big Ten Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry, he wasn't two-time. Uh, Big Ten Player of the Year, went to the mm-hmm. Final Four in uh, 2019, uh, broke the, shattered, really, the all-time assist record, uh, which was insanely difficult to do. Um, I, I just, If I had to pick between the two, I'd go with Winston at the college level, personally. I fully admit. My two observations. Oh, sorry. Two observations on this one. Hmm? Go ahead. What? Oh, I was say <laughs> my my first two observations on this. Not to cut you off, um, but first one is the first team really set, I think sets itself apart from the other two. Like I mean, you you brought up a good point about you know Winston. You know, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I got on tangent. Um, no, first team sets itself apart. Second, Ohio State really kind of underperformed over the past decade. Um, they had a lot of good players, but I don't think I, I think they should have more to show for it. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, you can definitely see uh, the toll that um, Thad Mata's t- health took on him. Um, just before Nebraska joined the conference, uh, the Obviously, I look at this through the lens of a state fan, but I mean, since Izzo took over, roughly, while there was a little bit of a slump from around 02, 03, I think it was 03 to 08, roughly, um, in Izzo, overall, Michigan State has been the pinnacle of the conference that everybody else tries to be since about 1999 or so, maybe maybe even go back a year to 98 when Izzo won his first Big Ten uh, Conference championship. Um, in, in that regard, Ohio State really challenged the Spartans back from around uh, ballparking the number here, like 06, 07, roughly, uh, through to about maybe 2010, 2011. And, and that's where you see a lot of uh, – Peak. National championship. Uh, well, no, I mean they. Uh, wait, what year was it? They made the. It, it was like the late aughts, like oh eight, oh nine, somewhere in there. I think um, that they made the final four uh, under that motto. Um, and maybe I think even the title game, but obviously lost, given the fact that the last team to win the title as a Big Ten team was the Spartans in two thousand. It's a ridiculously long drought. Would have ended this year. But, uh, you know, I've said that a couple times now going into would-be NCAA uh, tournaments. But, now, I mean, just to show that I'm not a complete homer, though, I probably wouldn't have put Valentine on the first team. I think the strength of his resume was mostly that he he was also a consensus uh, national player of the year, which, you know, makes it pretty difficult not to put a guy on the first team and gives a pretty good justification for putting him on there. Um, and I'm certainly not going to fault anybody for putting him on the team. If somebody had put him on the second team, I I wouldn't have necessarily, uh, criticized it. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you had that lineup though, in the basketball tournament, I feel pretty confident that, uh, those guys would be taking home some big money at the end of it. So as long as they don't run into a certain school from a certain volunteer state that shall not be named. 
Oh come on! You didn't you didn't get that dig? I threw that in there for you so you could rib me about it. Sorry, I was. Um, yeah, I got no excuse, dude. Screw the balls. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know uh, Middle Tennessee State. You made me say it. Oh, there you go. okay, was, all right. Yeah, uh, but um, Nick, to- I'm not on my game. Kevin, I'm not on my game tonight. I'm not. If you haven't noticed, I'm so not on my game tonight at all. <laughs> That's we've we've both had uh, rough last couple of weeks at at our uh, real jobs, but um, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we're having fun with this. So uh, to wrap up the BTN All Decade uh, recap, though, and move on to the content that everybody wants, uh, Frank Kaminsky was named the Player of the Decade, and no surprise, probably one of the easiest selections ever. The coach of the decade was Tom Izzo. So, um, I mean, could it have really been anybody else? No. no. Yeah. More conference championships, more conference tournament championships, and uh, more Final Fours than anybody else that decade. So, I mean... I, I doubt well, that there was much discussion. Yeah. Uh, so um, that brings us to uh, how we'll make this Nebraska-centric, though, is we're going to do our own uh, top 10 of the decade in wins and players, although I did a series on this back in December, so it's a little bit cheating that I'm just going to recap my list. So I'm just going to come out and, and admit that I'm just recapping my own list. So uh, do you want to start with uh, players or best wins? Let's go, players. Players? All right. So at my – we'll do it your way. Um, at my number seven, <laughs> I have Isaac Copeland. Ooh. So, Good um, player. What's that? Good player. Uh, yeah, good, good choice. So, um, <laughs> he, uh, brief stat list. Um, he hit his career 1000 point mark, his first season as a Husker. Um, so that's his career, obviously. So from his time in Georgetown, um, along with his time in Nebraska, uh, then he proceeded to finish with 1,333 career points, 705 of which were at Nebraska. Uh, averaging 13.3 points per game and shot 36% from the three-point range. So, not too shabby. No, he's not bad at all. Not bad at all. His short time there, I wish he had more time at Nebraska. We could have used him. Yeah, I wish he would have come there instead of Georgetown, right? Yeah. Um, I just don't see any way that he would have spent any more time in Nebraska than he would anywhere else, unfortunately. Just kind of seeing how how his journey's been you know uh nebraska got what they could out of him it was good but it wasn't good enough you know um kind of one of those players where maybe in a better situation he would have uh, gotten a lot more out of it and so it could nebraska i think yeah I'm, 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 I'm trying to be fair on that yeah it would have been interesting to see what he could have done with hoiberg now uh no offense to tim miles or anything by any means miles no, was one of there he did pretty well yeah. under Miles, but it would have been interesting to see the contrast of the different styles of coaching. If, if uh, you know, he might have done a little bit better by chance. A little too, little too late, kind of a situation. Yeah. So no, I agree. Who do you got? Number six. Uh, number six is uh, we're we're gonna count down. I, I was gonna do I like don't number. Know. What are you doing, man? <laughs> we'll, we'll do number six. So I got uh, Ty Webster at number six. Ty. Uh, who uh, just won a title in uh, Spain, actually. Um, I forget what exactly the um, specific was on that, but some something about winning a uh, some kind of a title in Spain with his team, um, where he played professionally over in Europe, obviously. Uh, but Zealander. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Webster, he was uh, good. he was he was good. He never ad- honestly. I don't think he ever really adapted to the American game that well. He had the talent, but he never really progressed very far once he got to Nebraska. Uh, that and he went vegan. I think his senior year. Uh, he went vegan in Nebraska. What? what? That, uh, yeah, that's... I don't want to get into it because I don't want to piss off a former Nebraska football family. 
but <laughs> yeah, um, he went vegan. Um, and that is, is, let's just leave it at that. I, that sounds like a difficult dietary choice to make at that high level of athletics. I will, I will just leave it at that on my end. It's and a lot, it, it, it's a lot of beans, man. It's a lot of beans. That, that sounds unpleasant. But what wasn't unpleasant was he ranks 28th all time in scoring for Nebraska with 1,116 points to his name. He had a pretty shot. Yeah, 83 games started and played in 127 total. That's uh, more abuse than my knees could take. Uh, but his senior <laughs> season, he averaged 17 points, 5.1 rebounds, and four assists per game. Not too shabby. That, that's more no, assists he, he, than I average. So. He, he did well in 10-mile system. He did well. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's see, we'll uh, go back up to number nine. <laughs> and uh, number nine, I picked Brandon. Correct me if I said that wrong, but. Uh, what did you say? Ubel, Brandon Ubel. Yeah, Brandon Ubel. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So I guess right. Uh, out of Overland Park, Kansas. Yeah, um, very solid, solid player. Actually, one of the, uh, when I was a, a Senate LC, one of the fellow LCs was out of. So I think a couple of staff members were out of Overland Park um, in that office, weirdly. But uh, yeah, so he was out of Overland Park, Kansas, and um, came to Nebraska in 2009. Uh, basically, just barely played as a Big Ten player. Um, but yeah, um, let's see, two-time academic All-Big Ten honoree. So, okay, actually, he had more than one season then. Um, but... Uh, played 89 games as a starter, 125 games total, and scored 893 career points and 548 rebounds. So, not, not too bad. No, he, uh, he was good. He, he he was solid. Solid addition to any team that he'd play on. Uh, probably wanted a little bit more out of him in Nebraska, but he he did well with what he had with, to play with. So, mm-hmm. uh, number eight, Cam Mack. <laughs> The only player to ever have a triple-double in Nebraska history. Yeah, that kind of blew up the sporting world for a hot second when that happened. I think everybody kind of sat back and went, wait, what, what, huh? How long Nebraska basketball been going around? Yeah. First triple-double? Yeah, no, he's a pheno- yeah, yeah. phenomenal player. Huge talent. Wish we'd have at least another season with him. Uh, he did what he could with, uh, God, I'm going to say this the entire night. He did what he could with what he had to, to work with. Uh, he's whether he starts out well in the NBA or goes to Europe or wherever. Yeah, he's he's got a future. Yeah, he uh, definitely has some some tough life things going on at home uh, with his uh, family health issues. But um, having said that, he had a great single season at Nebraska on the court. And, uh, yeah, I mean, having a triple-double in a win over Purdue, I'm not going to ever complain about beating the Boilermakers. As you're well aware, I hate them in basketball. So, um, yeah, uh, up to the point in time that I had written this series, he had had um, average average 6.6 assists per game and 1.5 steals. So, uh, not, not too bad. He did really well in the Big Ten, actually, for it being um, as rough of a season as it was for the Huskers. That's uh, putting it lightly. Uh, but uh, number 10, uh, to wrap up the, um, I guess, second team, we'll call it, Ryan Anderson. Just squeaking in as he was there from 2006 to 2010. So since it's all decade, uh, yeah. the last season. Yeah. Him in there. I would not have. I, I would not have seen him coming in. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'm not by any means an expert on on the rosters uh, pre pre my following of Nebraska. So, uh, but what I did have to work with. No, uh, it's, it's not. It's it, No, it's not bad. And again, like you just said, what you had to work with. But uh, no, that's he's not a bad pick. He's not a bad pick. Uh, let's see. He led the team his senior year in scoring, rebounds, 
and steals. So, I mean, that's not too shabby. Uh, shot 43% from three-point range and 45% from the field. Average 11.3 points per game over his career. So, um, as the, to also use something a little bit too common, that's more points than I average in the Big Ten. So... <laughs> I got nothing else to say about him. So, uh, you know, if I if I had played in the big, I totally would average like 12, 12.6 points per game, and probably like nine point eight assists. I would have had more often than not a double double. Going to put that out there in fantasy land. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> so number five um, might be based on uh, some things I've seen some people say on the CN board. Uh, a controversial pick, especially for how high I had him. But I put Glenn Watson Jr. at number five on our list. So the first player on the first team. Or first player I picked for the first team. But, uh, yeah. Um, pretty much the first ever four-star uh, commit to Nebraska in the modern recruiting era. And the yeah. first rival's top 150 signee in program history. So that's something. Honestly, like he, he deserves first team uh, just for his talent and what he did give. Uh, God, I try not to be negative on here. Um, I'll just simmer on that one. Okay. Well, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. It's a fair pick. It's a fair pick. Yeah. I mean, he did play the most games in Husker history in 134 games and his second all time for starts at 113 of those mm-hmm. games. So, yeah, he, I mean, he, he was, he, he was a warrior. Let me put it like that. He battled through, he, um, never, th- there was not another Husker that, that you were, were going to replace him on the starting lineup with during his time at Nebraska. God, I sound terrible. Okay. <laughs> Late in life, his knees are going to regret playing that many games so i we gotta hand it to him in in that regard at least i suppose yeah, yeah. Uh, he was fun to watch yeah, yeah average 35 percent shooting from three-point range you know not uh not a lead but i mean that's better than uh certainly a lot of other people can do so um but we'll uh we'll, we'll move on from from glenn and uh we'll skip ahead to number three uh just to to ang- anger the grand poobah of uh, Coronation Podcast to keep it out of order. But number three is Isaiah Roby. Mm-hmm. Which may be controversial. He's not number one, but you know what? He needs to ground for senior year and uh, kind of live up to um, the expectation that everybody had for him and the promise that he had for why he became the highest paid uh, second round draftee in history, um, which is not to not to criticize him, merely just say that he had a has rather a high ceiling, and uh, we expect a lot from him over the course of his entire career, particularly in the NBA. So it's more of a compliment to him than a criticism in that regard. Uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Roby to me, and I think you placed him well, Isaiah Roby to me is one of those players who came in highly touted, very talented, spent enough time in the system to where he should have developed beyond beyond where he ended up, and that was a detriment to Nebraska basketball and to him. Um, he probably should be number one if the development would have went better. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I definitely don't disagree with that. Um, you, you know, I mean, like, because that, 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 he always bugged me because it's like um, he got in his head a lot when he played. Um, you could tell on the court. He, he was an emotional guy, which isn't bad at all. But he would get in his head, and it was hard to get him out of his head and focused. And I think in a different system, he probably would have been a little bit more disciplined and probably would have progressed farther. He might have been a first-round draft pick someplace else. I hate to say this. Quite possibly, yeah. Um, especially if he would have stuck around for a senior season as well, uh, yeah. which is the other thing. As a college basketball fan, over NBA fan myself, um, yeah, I, I certainly never. Um, let me rephrase that. Not never. I 
rarely think that a lot of players wouldn't benefit from a uh, last year in college more so. Um, doesn't apply to everybody, obviously, but you know, certainly lottery picks probably uh, are people who maybe should have gone to the G League and got paid straight away rather than having to go through college and make a farce of the scholar athlete. But uh, I, I won't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll instead move on to number two on our list. Uh, Siobhan Shields. Um, so <laughs> Siobhan, <laughs> yep. Uh, so he sits tied for fifth all-time in scoring for the Huskers with 1,630 career points, and over his entire career, averaged 13 and a half points per game. Siobhan, Siobhan Shields was another great, solid player. He started. He started starting when he was a freshman. Played all the way through his senior year. Uh, son of. Uh, Husker, great offensive lineman, Kansas City Chief, great. Wheel Shields, uh, great player, <sighs> consistent. Any team would have benefited from having him. We got lucky with him. I wish he had more talent around him when he played here. He probably would have been much better. He, uh, <sighs> everything that was asked of him, he gave. And, um, yeah, he, he was a great player. Siobhan Shields was a great player. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more leadership out of him on the court, but that might have been out of his hands. Uh, good offense, good defense, ball control. He, uh, he, he, he did a good job as a player. I mean, you can't really ask uh, much more than just asking players to, to do what you ask them to do in that regard. Too few... Uh, have the capacity to achieve that over the course of an, an entire college career. So um, we'll uh, do number four, and then we'll wrap up the episode, uh, leave out the wins, and uh, leave everybody wanting that for next episode. Um, number four, James Palmer Jr. So another transfer the Huskers uh, out of Miami, Florida. Uh, since everybody always needs that specified. Have you ever been to the Miami, Ohio campus by chance? No. No, I have not. The Cradle of of Coaches, whatever. No, never happened. (laughs) I've actually been there twice. Uh, My brother looked at there for college. Wait, did I? No, I didn't go on that visit. Never mind. Um, uh, I, I went in college myself to a hockey game there. Um, on my way down to Cincinnati, where we spent the night at a Tony brother's house whose dad has season tickets and took us there because he loves uh, hockey. Um, they have a really nice arena, actually. Uh, mm. But, yeah, um, kind of hilarious because then the Tony brother ended up uh, pretending like we were all going camping, and then he proceeded to the next day, leave to go camping with his girlfriend for spring break, and the rest of us met up with two other uh, friends and drove down to Daytona Beach for the week. <laughs> so uh, that Fraternity Brothers uh, parents, I mean, we're long, long since then, but they don't listen to this ep- uh, podcast anyways. <laughs> so I'm not ratting them out. Uh, I'm not going to say how many years later uh, then, then that happened. But yeah, anyway, uh, all of that to say, it, they have a really, really, really nice hockey rink. Uh, arena, rather. So, um, Go Red Hawks. Yeah, well, I guess they're not <laughs> on the CCHA, so, um, and it's Big Ten hockey now, so whatever. Yeah. We, we, not, we don't care. Yeah, as long as they're not playing Michigan State, sure, have at it, whatever. Um, <laughs> playing Michigan, definitely go Red Hawks. But, yeah, so, uh, anyway, all of my long rambling here. James Palmer, Jr., uh, let's see, shot 31% from three, uh, average 18.5 points per game, and 4.2 uh, 4.3 rebounds per game. So not, not too bad. Um, also out of Washington, D.C. originally. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a, a district swamp boy, so to speak. Um, he's, he, he, and he's doing well. I mean, I think, he, isn't he in the G League right now? I believe so, yeah. Last, last I knew. Um, yeah, no, he, he was one of the last players with, with, uh, with Miles. Uh, yeah, no, he, he was a good transfer. Played well for the Huskers. Um, you know, he, he's got a future as long as the NBA has a future. So I, I, 
yeah, no, I would definitely put him in that spot. Yeah, um, and actually, he he was on the Agua Caliente Clippers with former Cornhusker Evan Taylor. Uh, not sure if he stayed mm. on the roster throughout most of the rest of the season. Um, obviously, the G League is not currently playing, so who knows what's going to happen with their rosters moving forward. Um, yeah, so that wraps up all but our number one um, player of the decade. Uh, do you have any guesses who who that is, Patrick? I don't want to ruin it. No? All right. All right. <laughs> Tron Petaway. So I, I, I made Petaway my number one. Yeah. No, Tyrone Petaway is, I, I think that's a good pick. He was one of the most prolific scorers in Nebraska history after transferring out of Texas Tech. Uh, Average 18.1 points per game, which ranks second in school history. And he's one of only two players in Husker history to reach 1,000 career points in only his second season in the Nebraska Mm -hmm. uniform. Not too bad. No, not at all. For Nebraska ball. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. He um no, t- 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 Toronto was a heck of a player. Um great shooter. Uh especially for let's see how tall he was like what six five, six six? Uh six six, two hundred and fifteen pounds. Yeah, he's kinda he he was kind of that small forward shooting guard type guy. Um did pretty well with what he was <laughs> what he was given. God, I say that a lot with Nebraska basketball. But um no, he he's he's done pretty well and he and he keeps playing uh professionally. Um God, I hate to say this. I kind of forgot about him until you kind of told, just dropped his name. So, no, Tehran was good. He was fun to watch. Um, yeah, no, I would say that's a good pick for number one for the past decade. It was a rough decade. <laughs> yeah, aren't most. <laughs> for Nebraska ball, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't help but pile on it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here as a fan, too. So, yeah. yeah. But, no, it, was, uh, yeah. it was good. No, no, I, I think I think that's a good pick rundown. You know, I, I recommend any of our listeners to uh, clap back at us and uh, tell you who tell us who you guys think should have been picked, who should have been picked higher, and um, why either one of us are idiots. I mean, because that's always fun to to follow back on on Twitter. So yeah, no, let us know what you guys think. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, you know, I. I mean, there were only three coaches over the decade, so we're not going to bother saying like who was the best no. basketball coach during the decade. That's a yeah. it's one team, like whatever. If, if you want to fight about the Big Ten Network uh, All Decade Team um, and maybe their coach selection, well, then frankly, you're an idiot. I'm just going to come out and say it. You're, you're an idiot. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate you. Wasn't Toronto first? Yeah, wasn't Toronto first team All Big Ten? Uh, I think so. Yeah, he. Um, yeah, I feel really bad now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was that? Um, he was among the leaders in Big Ten scoring. Uh, yeah, earned first team All Big Ten honors his senior season. Senior season. Shooter shoot, and he knew how to shoot. Yeah, no, he he was he he was a good player. I can't. I'm really racking my brain right now, going through all the rosters. I can't think of anybody I'd pick ahead of him. Uh, you know, no, I uh, that's wrong. He was a uh, his sophomore season. Um, he led the Big Ten in scoring with 18.1 points per game while earning first-team All-Big Ten honors. His junior season, go. which was his last one in college, he left early. Uh, he was among the leaders with an average of 18.2 mm-hmm. points per game and 2.8 assists per game and scored three, uh, an average of 2.2 three-pointers per game, uh, but only made third-team All-Big Ten that season. You know, he was he was a stud. He was he was a stud player. He was yeah, a stud which player, uh, so. was fourteen fifteen. So that would have been uh, one of Michigan State's Final Four uh, seasons. So, oh god. <laughs> but I mean the the thirteen uh, fourteen season for MSU should have been a national title year. Oh um, dear god! Had, they definitely had the talent, but UConn. <laughs> proceeded to win um, that, which set me up very nicely for my um, best man speech at my brother's wedding that summer because he married a Kentucky fan. And UConn beat (laughs) Kentucky in the title game. 
So I got to make the joke that they can uh, have a successful marriage in hating Yukon together. You saved yourself there. No, I, no, I, I said, I said that joke, and it got quite a bit of laughter because. No, I mean, for, I mean, for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, it, if people are still listening at this point, then I, I feel like it's safe to say that I, I don't drive people away on, on no, all the. You're, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, with uh, with that, we'll uh, we'll call it a wrap on this one before I drop any more MSU references. Um, as always, uh, please subscribe. Be sure to download um, you know, our episode and subscribe on whatever platform you want. You'll not only get a bang rangs and daggers, you'll get uh, that, you know, okay football review one. Uh, what, what's that one called again? Uh, five Heart? Oh, yeah. Five Heart Podcast. The, um, the, the good one is uh, um, Big Red Cobcast. Yeah, uh, also that one, <laughs> uh, along with... Let's John, see. Didn't, uh, John didn't die. Yeah, yeah. John's post life crisis and uh, our new short episodes that we drop here and there. Um, please follow us on Twitter uh, at Bangs and Dags. Uh, myself at Sparty on Huskers and Patrick at Patrick Gearhart. Um, you can also follow uh, Nate at. Uh, well, you know what? Just go online if you want to find that. Fo- I'm... Fo- follow Nate. F- follow Nate. He just lost a foot today. Yeah. Well, he he, he lost a toe. Lost a toe. Okay, he lost a toe. Nate lost a toe. Go bug him on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, or ba- banged up a toe, I, I suppose. I, I, I'm i too OCD on, on detail on that. We, we don't want to lead anybody on too much that, that he lost an entire toe. But, yeah, no, definitely he, go. He lost partial toe. He's going to be an MMA fighter. It's going to be great. Follow Nate. He's going to be in the UFC someday. Yeah. If, if you listen, then you at least need to tweet at him about uh, making jokes about not having toes. So um, that way that's incentive for him to, to be sure to listen to this in absentia. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And on, on that note, uh, be sure to also leave a review about toes or other content uh, related to the podcast. No, 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 no reviews about toes, dude. Let's not, let's not get that deep in feet. <laughs> yeah. I definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely wasn't serious on that note, but the review part, <laughs> um, and as always, you know, please listen and share. We we appreciate everybody who does, and uh, always enjoy hearing from you guys and girls. So, um, on that note, enjoy the cool weather in Nebraska, and I'll try not to melt out here in DC. Patrick, have fun, folks. Go big red.